and let it sit and it turned to lard. Does it smell bad? Making it? I, th- I don't know. I forgot. I think so, though. You used to make lard, right? No. No, in the brown coat. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. You never made lard? Mm-hmm. You ever made chitlins? Mm-hmm. You ever made hallmark? No, but I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you grew up in the city? Oh, you did? So you missed out on the farm life? Yes. Do you want to go live on a plantation? Uh, depends on if it's in today's time and I could have all that land. If it what? If it was today's time and I could have all that land. It won't be as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> you need the white man to be riding around and whoop you. Do you think that really happened? Oh my gosh. Yes. You believe it happened? Yes. And why do you believe it happened? Because there's a lot of historical references to slavery and how, it, how blacks were treated. Like where? I just got back from Alabama, the Civil Rights Museum there, uh, the Legacy Museum there. Oh, you went to the museum mm-hmm. in Alabama? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's what convinced you of that? One of the things? How about if a lot of it is not true? Good morning. I'll get back to that. Okay. <clears throat> Good morning. Welcome to Fellowship. I'm Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by going to our YouTube chat line and hate will pass on your questions or comments to me as we move forward. Beautiful weather today in L.A. It's amazing. I love L.A. for the weather. And good morning, y'all. How's everybody? Nice. And so we were talking about the plantation just before we started. So you were down in Alabama. What's your name? Christina. Christina, this is your first time? Yes, my sister goes here. Oh, okay. I live in Oakland, California. Oh, you do? So I'm just visiting. And so you were down in Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's your first time down there? Yes, it was. And you visit the Museum mm-hmm. of African American Things? And Legacy how Museum and the um, Peace and Justice. Put it up to your mouth. Oh, Peace and Justice Museum, uh, also known as the Legacy Museum, and also the Civil Rights um, Institute. Mm-hmm. And what type of impression did that have on you? It was very, um, it was hard. I cried a lot. The history really? was really intense. Mm-hmm. The what? The history was really intense. And what, can you give me an example? Just the brutality, the, the lynchings, all of the historical context that happened to, from slavery all the way through Jim Crow and onward. And onward? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And so what was it like, according to the museum, during Jim Crow? Severe segregation, discrimination, um, Lots of disparities and injustices. Really? Mm-hmm. They, they said that in the museum? They showed you that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what type of discrimination? Can you remember one? <coughs> um, you know, low wages, um, couldn't get certain jobs still. Um. 
Um, oh, that's your sister? Yes, this is my oh, younger sister. really? Yes. You've been saved by the bell. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Were yes. you rushing here really fast trying to get here? I was. Before? <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. She was telling me about, she was just down in Alabama, mm -hmm. and she visited the museum, and she's telling me about Jim Crow. And so she cried a lot. Yes, I did. You ain't the only one cry. <laughs> I've never been to a church like this before, so this is very exciting. <laughs> and so what was about it? It was low wages and what else? Um, couldn't get certain jobs because of the color of their skin. Um, couldn't sit in certain places on the bus. Couldn't use certain water fountains and bathrooms. Um, the level of um, separation was profound. And that seemed like a bad thing? Um, in the context of the brutality and um, uh, just the volatility against black people, yes, it, it was. And that's still happening now? Yes, so the Legacy Museum, the Peace and Justice Institute showed how um, the prison system pipeline into the prison system has continued on um, a lot of that um, injustice. And did you cry over that too? I did, <laughs> yes. Did. Yeah. You came from a crying family? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are very emotional, yes. <laughs> we are an emotional family. So that's your sister, yes. Mimi and your sister. Yes. Did you know her name is Mimi? Mimi, I never heard of Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I grew up on a Jim Crow era okay. on a plantation in Alabama. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. I remember for colors only sign, mm -hmm. whites only. Mm -hmm. I went to a movie theater once, and the blacks had to sit in the balcony, and the whites sat downstairs. Mm -mm. That's all bad. Mm -hmm. It's all bad. Yes. Uh, and why? Because... Blacks should be able to sit wherever they want to sit. They shouldn't have to be segregated to a certain area. But the whites couldn't sit with us either. So should they have been able to sit wherever they wanted to? I mean, did they, get, did they have the best seats in the movie theater? They had the bottom and we had the top. Hmm. They should be able to sit wherever they wanted to sit too. So they should be able to sit with us? If they wanted to, yes. Yeah. We didn't care that we weren't sitting together because the balcony was the best seats. Mm. And so it wasn't like we were mad about it. Okay. And when we went to the water fountain, we didn't get mad about that either because the water changed the same. Um, also, during that era, black people owned more. They bought land. As a matter of fact, when they did the bus boycott thing, mm -hmm. there was a black business that had buses and the black people wouldn't get on their buses. They had buses just like the white people did. But the blacks didn't want to ride on the black bus. They wanted to complain about the white bus. Mm -hmm. We think about, and they put the black business out of business because they wouldn't support them. Mm -hmm. Is that in the museum? No. It's not, huh? Mm -mm. Is it in the museum? <clears throat> that the blacks did better then than they are today? There was reference of some black 
leaders that elevated, but it doesn't say as a black leader, right? No. Did it tell you that during those days, black people weren't allowed another person to be their leader? It was family, and then when you come, became grown, you were on, your own leader, and you did very well as a person. Mm-mm. They didn't put that in there? Mm-mm. Really? Did they tell you that when they started the civil rights movement, it was the worst thing that ever happened to the black other than abortion because they stopped thinking for themselves. They had leaders and they, they went, and the leader got rich and famous and the rest of the people went to hell in a handbasket. No, they did not talk about that. They didn't tell you that part? No, they didn't. I wonder why they left that out. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Did they tell you that <clears throat> There was family, black family, that had 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 children, and the wife stayed home and raised the kids, and they all went to college and trades and things like that, whatever they wanted to do. They bought land during the Gilbert area. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell you that? I, I can't hear you. No. See, you were crying for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think they left all that? Did they tell you that the whole boycott thing was a setup? That there was a black girl that the NWCP was going to use to act like she was tied right in the back of the bus? But when they found out, just before they got ready to do it, they found out that she was pregnant out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we can't use this guy. This guy pregnant out of wedlock. Ain't no black person going to accept this. And they went and found this other woman, uh, whatever her name was. What? Parks. Parks. Rosa Park. And they got her to do it. And she wasn't as tired as she pretended. She was, it was all planned. <laughs> it was all planned by the NWCP. Did they tell you that? <laughs> no, they did not. They left all that out? Mm-hmm. You up there crying over left. And what the, would you have cried had you heard about that? Uh... Yes, I probably still would have cried because I do think there you was would, still truth to what they did present really? in addition to those um, facts you're saying right now. Amazing. Uh, did they tell you that uh, blacks were working back then and doing very well? They weren't, and, they, and blacks and white treated each other the way they would like to be treated? They did reference that there were some segments of the community that were. Yeah, it was all over on the plantation everywhere. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. So are you surprised I grew up under that situation? I picked cotton and everything. Oh, wow. Yes, I am surprised. I plowed a mule. You ever plowed a mule? <laughs> no, <laughs> not in Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing they lied to you <clears throat> because they wanted to control the blacks. Mm. Did they tell you that a lot of older black people who knew better tried to encourage the younger blacks not to get involved with it? They said it's just a socialist setup. Mm. No. Yeah. Say that they didn't way. like all that mess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, Which history is. you like better? The history I just told you or the history you saw down there? I think I would still need to investigate a little bit more on both sides before right. I could answer that question. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And. So you about to cry over what I just showed you too? <laughs> no. You should try joy tears now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Did you know that 
my family, my grandmother and grandfather had a whole bunch of kids. And they all, when they left Alabama, they grew up on the farm. They left Alabama, they went and got jobs and bought homes and had kids. And, and the mother stayed home up in Indiana, Florida, and New York. And they never had to live in the projects or anything because they grew up independent. Did they tell you about those stories? Not as elaborate as you're doing right now. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to open up. A, a, a black history thing, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That way we get both sides. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Any questions? No, I'm excited to be here and to see how everything unfolds today. Right on. Well, I'm mm-hmm. glad you're here. Thank you. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about before we get to the biblical question, I talk to a lot of people in counseling on the highways and byways, and what I've come to find out is that Men are not taking care of their wives and children for the most part. They are in situations where they're either living together and they both are working or most of the time the woman is working and the man is not. And they have children. And, and then the woman feels stuck that if she should stop working that her husband would not take care of of her and the, and the kids, right? So she feels stuck. She's with a man that she she thinks she loves because she feels emotional for him, but she realized that he's not gonna, uh, he's not gonna, she's afraid that he's not gonna take care of her. There are even women uh, that are not working and they're home and the man is working and the man is so mean to her that it's hard for her to be a mother and a wife to him and she feels stuck. And I had, I knew it was bad where men were not working nowadays, but I want you to know, anybody know men that's not working and they have a family or married or stuff? Amazing, huh? Uh, I want you to know that you're doing a disservice not only to yourself, to God, and to your family because men have a God-given responsibility to take care of their family. It's a, it's a God-given responsibility. And if you don't do that responsibility, you're not going to succeed in spiritual life or anything. A man is supposed to work and take care of his family, and the wife is supposed to stay home and raise his family, watch over the kids, watch over the home, and, and not have to even have a second thought about whether the man is going to take care of or not. That shouldn't even be a thought. It should be naturally done. And it's in us. I remember growing up, I never heard of a man staying home and the wife went to work. Or the man was home and the wife was working. I mean, and the man and the woman were working. And it just, it's evil. And guys, you have to pull yourself together and and do something about this. You have it inside of you. You shouldn't be on welfare. You shouldn't be relying on somebody else. You should be doing it yourself. You cannot fail when you get out there and do it. And no such thing as failing when you make those steps to get a job, go to work, pay your bill, take care of your family. You can't fail. And you got to get it right because you can't be spiritual 
and then physically not taking care of your family. If you don't want to take care of a family, don't get married, make kids, or don't make kids, period. And the ladies, I want you to know you're not stuck. Don't let the devil tell you you're stuck with a man and children and you don't know what's going to happen to you if you leave. All right. Here's what you do, ladies. Seek the kingdom of God first. You see, you got a sorry man that's not going to take care of you. You, you stay with him, but don't hate him. And you secretly work on yourself. Don't hate him. Forgive him. And then quietly do the silent prayer. Watch. And I promise you, God will make a way for you to get out of that situation. Either the man will wake up and do what he needs to do, or he will leave. But one way or another, you will get out of that situation. Don't get angry about it. Just realize you made a mistake. You married the wrong man. And a way will be made. The truth, which is God, not us, not our mess. The truth, the spirit of God is powerful. It is more powerful than anyone realizes. Because most people won't trust. They won't trust the truth. They trust their ego. They trust their mind. They trust thinking. They do not trust God. They trust the intellect. But the power of God, the love that's in us all, will bring you out of any situation. So don't worry about the situation. Don't be mad at the man. You just don't hate him. A way will be made. It's crazy that men don't work. Men don't work. It's, it's hard to put together. I don't even know how a male can deal with himself knowing that he's not working. If you're thinking about committing suicide, I understand why. I mean, what's the purpose of living on earth if you're not going to take care of yourself and your family? What's the purpose of being around? You're just in the way. Isn't that true? Aren't you just in the way? Who want an in the way man? <laughs> Do you want an in the way man? No. Right, and, and why not? If Speaking he's not him. helping me and we're trying to build something together collectively, then, and I have to do all the work. Then have you ever dated or married an in the way man? No, I have not. Nice. Mm -hmm. Don't. <laughs> do not. Yeah. Do not. It's insane. God gave you, He put it in you before you were even born to take care of yourself. Really. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have this or that. But you can take care of yourself. When I left home at 18, Alabama, we were just talking about the plantation. I went to Indiana, got a job for two weeks and paid my way out here to L.A. And it was rough, but I'd always worked. And so I never went hungry. I always worked. And I wasn't thinking about not working. The one little period I didn't work because I had heard from the other blacks. And the civil rights, I started smoking some pot. And they said, well, since you smoke pot, you don't have to work if you're black. They really told me that. And I was like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> and so I went down to the welfare office. I told them, hey, I'm smoking pot. I can't work. And they took me to the room and let me tell that to a doctor, a welfare doctor. 
And he said, okay. And so I stopped working and I got 500, I forgot how much now, but they paid the rent, they paid everything. And I would buy my food during the week, so I knew we were going to be partying all weekend. And I, at least I was still taking care of myself. Some people get high, they ain't got no food to eat. You know what I mean? So at least I took care of, I paid the rent, I made sure there was a lot of food in the refrigerator. Because once you get high, you don't feel like going out to get anything. <laughs> I took care, you got to take care of yourself. It's evil not taking care of yourself. Your spirit is gone and your body is weak and you're trifling. You're really just trifling. Take care of yourself. It's easy to do it. Don't worry about what kind of job. And ladies, if you're stuck, if you're, you're not even stuck, I don't want to use that word. But you were the man. You find out this guy is not going to work. He doesn't love you. He doesn't love himself. He doesn't love God. He doesn't love the children. Work your way out, your way out of that situation, all right? By, by not hating him, secretly pray, watch those thoughts, and something will happen. A way will be made. So make sure you work. Doesn't that make sense? No? Amazing. I just want to say that because it's happening more and more now. And the women that have to work, raise the kids, and do everything. It's insane. If a man don't have a job, ladies, when you first meet him, when you're out to breakfast, and you ask, ask him, do you have, when he hit on you, ask him, does he have a job? Do you have a job? And if he says no, okay, bye. No explanation. Really, because that's a downfall. That's a man in the way. All right. Any questions about anything? Yes, Raymond. <laughs> you, uh, you may hear a lot of younger men saying that it's hard to get a job. Do you tell them that it's not impossible to get a job as long as they, they keep looking? Yeah, it's not even hard to get a job. Jobs are everywhere. Especially nowadays, they're everywhere. So when they say it's hard, they're lying. That means that they're not even looking for one. It's not hard for, to get a job, especially nowadays. So they just don't want to work. Amazing. I can attest to that. Yeah. It's time for, there's an order to life. The order is God and Christ. Christ and man, man over woman, woman over children. But lady, if the man not going to do it, if you don't resent him, you can still go to the father. Don't accept it, but don't hate it. All right? And you'll be fine. I want to, uh, let me do this. What's our theme for this year? Yes, our Fellowship theme. For this year. I don't know. You don't know? Mm -mm. So you're not, it ain't working for you. What's our theme for this year? I'm just going to throw out there what I thought it was, but I don't think it's right. We're not messing around? I don't know. Something well, we're not like messing that? around, but that's not the <laughs> <laughs> That's not the theme. Though. Okay, okay, okay. I got it wrong. You don't know? Right here. Isn't it to not want for anything? Yes. You do remember that now? Yeah. Are you not wanted for anything? 
in the black jacket? Mimi. Mimi. Um, no, I'm, I haven't reached that yet. You haven't reached it yet? No. And how do you know when you will reach it? When I don't well, have no, how do you know you ha How do you know you haven't reached it? Every day I want for all kinds of things. And, and, oh, you do? And why? Because I don't like where I'm at in my life. And where are you? In a city that I don't really care for, at a job that I don't like at all. Uh, not reaching what I really want to be doing, tired, exhausted, all the time. And why don't you drop all those opinions about your whole situation? I'm trying. It's like throwing out trash, though. Some things you hold on to because you think you need them. Like what, for example? Uh, the thought of wanting to be somewhere else. So why don't you let the thought go? I'm trying. You're trying? I'm trying. Yeah. Let the thought go and it'll be over. You'll be at total peace no matter where you are and all your needs will be met. You're not supposed to not like your job, not like where you live, not like this. It's just thrills and it's, you're feeding the ego. Mm, okay. Yeah. So you're just not supposed to have, well, I, I already know how this ends, so I don't even try to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yes, okay. So you're not supposed to what? <laughs> you're not supposed to want something else? No. Okay. You're not supposed to want for anything. And where does the idea of wanting something come from? I mean, thoughts, obviously, but... And do you still trust thoughts? Ugh. I guess I would have to say yes. I would, in, un, in any other circumstance, if we hadn't prefaced this, I would have said no. But I guess you're right. I do. I still do. And when will you stop trusting them so you can be free? God. I don't know the answer to that. Are you working on this daily? Absolutely. Yeah. You want to die. You know how Paul said in the Bible, I die daily? Yes. He said that. And what he meant was he was overcoming thoughts daily. He was overcoming the ego. Now you can overcome them every minute if you watch them and let them pass. If you see that it's just a thought and let it pass, you'll be dying every five minutes. I guess for me, and I don't know if anyone else struggles with this, they don't feel like thoughts. They feel like things that I'm, like, they just feel like me. That's, that's one of the reasons why it's hard for me, because it's hard for me to separate. They feel like mine. They feel like me. They feel like they're parts of me. So. Are you your thoughts? All the time. Are you your thoughts? You think you are your thoughts? Oh, are, am I my thoughts? Yes. No, but it's hard to separate it. It's hard, like it's like a, like one of those like th those stickers that you get on something when you buy it, and you go to remove it, and it won't remove because it's so it's it's so connected to whatever it's stuck to. It's hard to get all of that film off. It that's what it feels like. And what is it stuck to? Me. It's not stuck to you. Okay. Who are you? I don't know, Jesse. So how do you know it's stuck to you? 
um, because it's inside of me and it runs without me even noticing it. So you're inside this building, right? Right. Are you this building? No. Are you stuck? No. Is the building stuck to you? No. So that's how it is. You're just in a body and these thoughts are not stuck to you. They're in the mind. They're in the body. They're not in you. Okay, but let's just say this. Like, if you buy a HP computer, it's already, Microsoft Word is already downloaded in it. Right. It's already running. Right. It's, it, but it's not the computer. When they made the computer and all the components, it wasn't a part of the computer until they downloaded it, and now it's a part of the computer. I know this sounds crazy. I don't have any other, have any other example. example. Can't they erase the information from the computer at some point? Right. And wouldn't the computer just be an empty shell with no information? Yes. That's how you want to become. Okay. Erase the thoughts and be an empty shell with no information. And you just want to just live. And life will happen by itself without you having to get into thinking about it. Because it's the thought that's setting you up about your job. Oh, I don't like your job. I don't like it. You're not supposed to like the job. You're just supposed to earn a living by working on the job. It's not made for you to like it. When a when a person that started that company, when they started that company, they didn't say, "Well, let me set up a company where people are gonna like it." They said, "Let me set up a company so I can make money." Right. Where did you get the idea you're supposed to like the job? I don't, I don't necessarily know that I'm going to like it, but, like, there's just so many. There's, there's more things that I don't like than I do like. But you shouldn't like nor like anything about it. Just go and do your job. I got it. So what? I said I got it. Yeah. I yeah. wish you would not ask me questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, she's rubbing you. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Don't rub it. She's going to boo-boo oh, you please. more so. <laughs> oh, Lord. But okay. you should be, that's what we're here for, to fellowship and be honest with self so we can overcome this. Too many people, these people are getting married, and the woman has to go to work, and even if she has children, and the man is working, in some cases, she still has to go to work. But, but I think that the reason why I don't like that is because Again, I think I come here sometimes thinking, oh, why be here all these times and not be further, not be more, you know, developed, more progressed? It's hard for me. And the, I don't know what kind of control I get over it. I don't know what complex or God complex I get, but I have a desire. You talk about thrills. I have a desire to control my life. That's the I problem. want my life in control. Right. I get it, but I don't necessarily know that that's something that I'm ready to let go of. I oh. know I come here, I don't want to waste anybody's time, I don't want to not contribute, but I don't know that that's something that I really want to do. You don't know if you want to let go of the devil's I, nature? I don't know if I don't want to be in control. But you can't control anything. It sure does feel You've like You've been it. trying to be in control all your life, right? Not necessarily all my life, All no. your grown life. All my grown life, yes. You've been trying to control things, right? Yes. All but you I, caught was hell. I, I get it, but I have a reason, though. Your reason because you can't control anything. 
Got it. You would make up some reason, which are false reasons, but as soon as you accept, I can't control anything, and you let go, life will begin. It'll be amazing. But you're playing God, and that's the problem. The sin is human being playing God. They're judging themselves and others, and they're trying to make life work, and it's never going to work because you don't even know what life is. You have a made-up idea about life. Right. Right. And then you say, you, you know, you come here, you are working on it, but I don't know if I'm where, where I want to be. Something like that, right? Yes. And where do you want to be? Not when you ask me a question about the thoughts, I could actually say that I'm not attached to them. I am. Like, I, I wish I could lie and be like, yeah, Jesse, it's, you know, I'm nothing. I'm, uh, you know, I'm just this being, but I'm not. I'm still connected. I'm, I'm, I'm still attached. Um, Only because you think that you are. You believe in the thought that you are. They're right. lying to you. All thoughts are all lies all the time about anything. If you were to just relax and let them pass, you would see, wow, that was just a thought. I thought it was real. I felt like it because the pain is in the body. The pain came from the thoughts. It can make you think about so-called past or future. It makes you feel good and it makes you feel bad. And it makes you feel good because you believe in a lie, but if you just let it pass. But let's say you get stuck and you have pain. Relax in the pain. Go through that too. It'll die. It'll be gone. It'll disappear. But I honestly, like, in my mind, I try to think about the thoughts, and I can't find them. It doesn't feel like I'm thinking about anything. So <laughs> because to me, we, like, I'm like, am I slow? Because I, everyone else seems to be getting this. I'm not getting this. But you, when, you, when you're thinking about the thoughts, the reason you can't find them because you're aware of them and trying to think about them, and they won't come because they don't want you to see them. Yeah, because when I think about it, I don't think, I don't, I right. literally nothing I know is, exactly what you mean. That's why I'm like, am I slow? Like, is something wrong with me, my brain? Yeah. <laughs> I should have known you were going to say You're that. You're insane. I know. Every human being that believe in thoughts are insane. They're literally crazy. Every human being. That's why they kill one another, gossip, jealousy, envy, strife loneliness, judging this and judging that, and murder, and all that, because they're insane. Anyone that's in, into thoughts are insane, is an insane person. They're trying to get love for one another. They believe all lies. That's insanity. Doesn't that sound like insanity? It does. That's insane. So, yeah, you're crazy. I wouldn't question that. I, I'm sure, Yes. Yeah, but don't judge it. Be glad to see it. And it's not you. It's the thoughts which are evil that is the same, but you have identified with it, thinking that is you. Yeah. And don't, don't worry. Don't, don't say, oh, I'm just not where I want to be. You are. You're right there. You just don't know it. All right. Thank you, Jesse. That makes sense? Yes. Uh, we all look too happy. <laughs> you like you just heard bad news. <laughs> so the theme is want for nothing. Are you getting to that point where you want for nothing? Mm, 
No, nah, not really. That, well, how did you remember the thing? Because I just remember. You, you, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> yeah, you're too young to be not wanted for anything. You yeah. get there as you get older, and you're about to die. Okay. <laughs> Do y'all understand that? The only issue in life are the thoughts. There, there are no other issues. You let the thoughts go, you have a clear mind, and do, oh, I got an email from someone today, and they said, Jesse, what do you do when you're so stressed out and you can't, that you can't pray? You can't do the silent prayer. Anyone ever had that problem? You're so stressed out, you can't even do the silent prayer. Nobody here had that problem? Really? Oh, good. What do you do when, you have, when you're so stressed out, you can't do the silent prayer? I just sit and try and do it, but I just don't do it very well. Please? I sit and try and do it, but I just don't do it very well. Meaning what? How, how, I go more through like the motions of it rather than actually doing it. <laughs> repeat that? I'm sorry. So like I'll, I'll sit on the side of my bed and I'll try and do it, but I, it's like I'm not, I didn't do it properly that time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what's improper? Um, like I know that I'm not doing it right. What's right? Like, I don't feel like I'm, well, now I guess it goes back to feelings, but like, I don't feel like I'm getting the full benefit of why I'm doing it in the first place. And where do you get that idea from? My thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But what I mean is, though, if, if you're feeling like stressed or whatever, like you just, I would assume, or sometimes before, I would just like not even do it. And I'd make an excuse because I'm feeling a certain type of way that there's like no point because I feel like I'm not going to get anything from it or I, I'm not going to do it right. So like, why bother? But whereas now, like, even if I'm feeling stressed or whatever, that, I mean, it's getting less, but, like, before, I would still sit and try and do it. What do you think about what Mimi said to you? You relate to that? Yeah, for sure. She, she thinks she's the only one feeling that way and not where she want to be. No, I was there, like, when I first started, so it's, it's really interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I want her to know, I want you to know, Mimi, that every human being that... <laughs> Put, go to work at this, they get the same deception from the devil. He tell everybody the same thing. You're like, you're not going to make it. It's not working for you. You're this and you're that. You still feel this and you still feel that. He's lying to you because he doesn't want the light of God inside of you to shine on him, to get him out of there. So he wanna, he's working to try to make you think that it's you and it's not. That's not you that's doing the screaming. That's not you that said, oh, this is too hard. When will this be over? That's not you. It's him. It's the demon that made a home of you. But you grew up thinking it was you. Or you went through all the hell in your life thinking it was you. So you just have identified with it. And it still tried to convince you that it's you. It's not. But it also... Now, hold on to the mic. Go ahead, Mimi. But it also has feelings attached. Right. So because I remember this morning I was in my kitchen knowing that my sister was coming. Something told me, like, stop doing this. Stop. Stop all this. Like you're in one of the most beautiful cities, even though I know how I feel about L.A. <sighs> you're in one of the most beautiful cities. What are you doing all this for? All this thinking about thoughts. That's stupid. That's dumb. Like there was this whole thing. So he there's times when I'm like. That don't sound like me, because I know me. Well, whatever. No, you don't but, know you. Right. I, you know the far you. Yeah, but I knew that that 
I wouldn't say the things that I was saying. Yes. So I there is yeah. very few times when I can really pay attention, and I notice that the things that that I'm thinking, they're coming from somewhere else. Yes. Today, in particular, and I even uh, spoke with. James about even having you know her come. I was I called and was like, should I you know I, thinking I knew you know. So anyways, long story about short. About having her come to the meeting. It's <laughs> coming to church. You were scared. You were scared for your sister to come. No, I just was. I I was like, um, there was yeah, there was it was a full conversation that I had with James <laughs> about it the other day. Yeah. I called to see if you know. I preface everything. I, I try to prepare for, again, it's me always trying to be in control. Why not just let go and see what happens? Why not just say, you know what, this time I, I'm not going to do anything about what I think. I'm just going to see what happens. And you'll see the work of God. Yeah. God is trying to kill that thing in you. He's trying to save you from that. But you don't know that that's what's happening. And it is having a fit because God is trying to save you from it. And it doesn't want it to happen. Right. The screaming and stuff that hurt, the pain, that's it. It doesn't want to die. And God is working on your behalf. But you're fighting against God by fighting with it. Instead of letting it go, just let it scream and... Be crazy in your house. Let it act out. But I don't know how. I don't. I, Take the, I, to relax me, that sounds crazy. Go ahead. To me, that sounds crazy because I do the silent prayer. You know, I, I'm. I don't understand how. What I'm. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Here's what you do, and you too, and everybody. Let's say it going crazy, right? It's going crazy, and you're you're just feeling scared and lonely or unhappy and all that, right? Just sit there and look at it. Just look at it. Stare it down. Don't let it, don't let it beat you down. You beat it down by just staring at it. And that's all you got to do. Don't have a conversation with it. Just stare at it. At the thoughts and the pain. Just let go and just look at it. That's all required. And the light of God is working through you to take care of it. Okay. And it's going to tell you it's you that's you that's hurting. That's you that's feeling, but it's not you. It's lying because it needs you to overreact so that it'll stop God right away. And, it, and now y'all back together. And the same thing with the prayer thing, right? When you're praying and you're just so overwhelmed and so this, it's telling you that. Oh, your prayers are not working. That's not God telling you that the prayer is not working. The fact that you're sitting there going through it. God is working on your behalf. You taking care, but it's telling you, oh, the prayer is not working. You got too many thoughts. You're feeling some. It's still lying to you. Y'all got to realize is that all these thoughts and things you're getting about anything is it. And you want to let yourself just be overwhelmed with thoughts to the point, welcome all thoughts to the point that it looks like you're just going to die. It looked like you just can't handle it. It looked like it's just one thought after another and just beating you down. Let it beat you down. Let it overwhelm you. Don't just have these little nice thoughts and you get past, oh, I, I burned the bread today. And, and JoJo's not going to like it. 
That's a lightweight thought. You want to welcome the overwhelming thought that makes you want to go to the doctor and they give you crazy pills. You want to experience those instead of taking the pills. I'm not giving you medical advice, but I'm saying you got to be overwhelmed. That's the devil dying. In order to live, you must die. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. And so when it's yep. telling you that, don't, don't let it tell you. The devil telling you the prayer is not working. It's not God. He's not telling you that. Mm-hmm. And it's not yourself telling yourself that. That's why I think I just try and sit there and do it anyway. And yes. Just kind of suffer. It's sit there and do it anyway. Yeah. Just sit there and watch it. And, and he's saying, it ain't working. You've been so stressed out. You're just tired. Go back to bed. <laughs> do it later. Do it while you're driving. And you're just watching this thing talking to you. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to do. But it's got easier, though, I think, from yeah. when I started, like, a, a two years ago coming, about two years ago, um, and getting to this point now, for me, it has been just doing each step as it comes and just seeing a little bit more by a little bit more and also getting to the point where I'm probably the last couple of months I'm welcoming the things that I see that are crazy Yeah. because then I can deal with it and move forward nice. rather than feeling bad about it. Once you get a little bit of it, the truth, you cannot go back. So don't worry, Mimi, you ain't going back. <laughs> You've had some taste of it and you know that there's nothing to go back to. So you're not, you're not going back. Once you get, I don't care how painful it get or what, you ain't going back, there's nothing to go back to. The truth got you. And as long as you want it, it got you. I wish you, I don't even understand the depths of the power of God, but I sure see what he has done through me. And you're gonna see that too if you stay with it. Just stay with it. Just stay, I don't care what. And I don't care, again, you can, let's say you end up hooping and hollering and crying. Oh, this is too, blowing snot. This is too, this is too rough. Ah, I ain't gonna be, I ain't gonna be able to make it. Lord have mercy, this hurt too much. Go through it anyway. In order to live, it must die, but not you. And it's just paradise on the other side. Really, just notice how whenever you get a little bit, don't you get a little taste of paradise? It's not even the whole paradise, but a little taste of it. And that little taste of paradise will grow big for you. Yes. I feel like, though, I've seen, like, coming through to that side of, of being out of the thoughts for a period of time, and I'm trying to get better at being in it for longer. But I try not to assess and being too happy of being in the paradise because... But like before I know it, I get like smacked around the back of the head again That's with something right. else. And I'm like, Ugh. you're not going to be happy being in paradise. You're going to be at peace. So you're absolutely right. Don't get sick and say, wow, you're in paradise. And you're like, yeah, I am. That's a setup, too. In paradise, there is no happiness. There is perfect peace. So you're absolutely right. When he tried to get you to be happy, don't. It's like when you first meet a man, he tell you how be- you all down and out, and he say, "Oh, you're so beautiful, you're just so lovely, you look better than Susan." And now you're all happy, right? <laughs> and the devil tell you, "This man love me. This man, he doesn't care if I'm skinny, tall, short, 
And then once the man have what he wants from you, he's done with you. Now you're like, oh, where's my happiness? He was lying to you. That's the devil at work. Same thing in here. You're right. Don't be. Don't let him tell you. You made it. You got a little bit of paradise, right? And soon you're happy about it. So when he does tell you happy, let happiness pass. That's a setup. He's always trying to pretend to be God. Somebody, I can't tell you what's it all ask. I got what looked like good news this week. It was a profound news this week, right? And right away, the devil tried to make me figure out what I'm going to do with everything. You're going to do this, you're going to do that. You know? And I knew that was a lie. I was like, the devil, look at the devil. He want me to celebrate before I even get it. He already planning. It's like, like you, you go and play the, lotter, the lottery. Is it called a lottery? And then you think you're going to win $500 million. You spent the money before you get it, right? They haven't even drawn the ticket yet. And you already went shopping. You already figure out how much you're going to give your mama. <laughs> I'm going to buy my mama a house. I'm going to buy me a house in Beverly Hills. I'm going to get this. You already spent the money and then they pull the lottery. You don't get the ticket. Now you're down. Amazing. Huh? It's the same thing. Don't get happy about that. Let me take here and then here. And then I'll come back to you. Oh, and here too. Yes, Raymond. You say uh, you said earlier when I uh, if I get so stressed out I'm I find it difficult to do the meditation exercise yeah, to do the silent prayer yes I simply be aware that I am stressed out yeah and um and see uh, see it um that stress from a distance because that's the only uh, because that's when Absolutely. you realize that of yourself you can do nothing. Nice. And did I see your hair? Did I see your hair? What do you do when you're stressed out and, and, and not able to do the prayer? Are you able to do the prayer when you're stressed out? Oh, I saw your hair too. Uh, I just started doing the uh, prayer, I think, yesterday. Yesterday? <laughs> to be honest, yeah. No, what do you think of it so far? Uh, I like it. Um, I've tried meditating before. And doing something similar to the silent prayer, but I never had a real reason to do it besides finding you on YouTube and then realizing, okay, this makes sense why I should do this. Yeah. Um, but when I'm stressed out, uh, I do things that keep me present, which for me, I didn't know I was doing this. I play music. And so because I'm just kind of in the moment playing with other people, it's kind of a moment of presence where I'm just very in, in the actual moment, which I didn't know I was doing, but the uh, idea about doing the silent prayer and then watching my thoughts, that's pretty new to me. So, but I like it. I think, uh, I don't know. I did think you it can forgive help. your mother? I did. And how did that go? <laughs> how how did, did that go? Uh, she just, oh, thank you, son. <laughs> she was like, oh, thanks, I appreciate it. But for me, it felt... What an evil woman. Uh, she's wild. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Did you um, know your mother was so evil before you start to pay attention? No. And I, had a, I started paying attention a few years ago. My dad kind of told me, but I had never had this conversation with him before. And he died. 
he died a year ago. So finding that out for him was crazy to me. I was like, oh, this is nuts. And then I began to just watch, kind of like how watch the thoughts. I just yeah. watched her. Yes. And I realized, oh, I've been accepting this behavior as normal. I've been accepting these things as, oh, it's love. Yeah. But I've always... But and then I started to realize, oh, I'm ang- it angers me. It it makes me mad. <laughs> so, yeah, so, that's yeah, the that problem with wild. all human beings, including the blacks. That's the primary problem with all blacks, is that they hate the mothers. There's not one that doesn't hate the mothers, and they have the spirit of anger inside of them, and the world tells them it's something else. So they look outside and blame other things, never getting better within themselves. It's a spiritual thing. It has nothing to do with slavery, Jim Crow, markets, whatever. It's all hatred. And the blacks used to know that. When I was growing up, they knew that. And that's why they had amazing things going on for themselves. They were like the Jews. They were taking care of themselves. They had money. They had jobs. They created jobs. But they stopped once they believed a lie about slavery. But it starts in the home. God said, we all must be born again of the Father. As long as you're born of the woman, you're going to catch hell like that. Amazing, huh? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Is this your first time here? First time here, yeah. Oh, welcome. Thank you. What's your first name? It. John. Welcome, John. Thank you. Any question about anything? Uh, not yet. Oh, okay. Not yet. Welcome, man. Thank you. All right, right here. Yes, you had your head about uh, when you stress. It's hard to do the prayer. Um, I rose my hand to that, but I was going to say something. I can respond to that. You rose your hand to that, but you had something else to say? No, I rose my hand to something else. Okay, go ahead. Um, I want to respond to what Mimi was saying about um, kind of like going through the hell and the thoughts with us. Yeah. Um, I remember a while back last year, you gave us an assignment, um, and you said manage your – the way you worded it was manage your self-talk. And – and I, and I really, and I haven't stopped doing that one. So the way you explained it for, for those who probably don't know, um, when you have that thought come up, couldn't, like you just said, confront it and then ask yourself, who said that? Yes. Yeah, it's like that, what Mimi was saying earlier. Exactly. She, she said, well, I didn't say that. I knew I went. You right. write about that. You got to so, ask. And I've been doing that. And then the more I do that, it, it's so weird. Like, I remember we, even when you were, were talking about, a lot about the movie Revolver and that scene where he's in the elevator and he sees that other, the not you, and he sees that person in, in flesh, he was able to confront it and ask it questions and challenge it. And that other thing was going crazy and shaking up the elevator yeah. and he had no reaction. He was calm. He dropped the gun. He, he calm. That is so deep. Yeah. That movie, you got to see Revolver. And that's what I'm telling you to do with thoughts. You got to see this thought and challenge it. And the right. way you challenge the thought is watch it. And it's going to scream at you. It's going to yell, what are you doing? You don't want to go. Don't let me go. Whatever, right? You challenge it by stand on it. Just look at it. Mm-hmm. Look at it. And in the present is where God is. And he'll take care of it. And, and, and then one more thing I wanted to say. Um, a while back, I don't know when it was, but I remember it was Doug and Sean. We were having a conversation, and the topic came up. You know, how do you feel when you're walking down the streets of L.A. and you see a homeless person, you know, going crazy? They're on drugs and they're just talking. Um, I think Doug mentioned saying he sees that and he's like, "Well, that's not me," and he keeps going. He doesn't reflect on it. And I remember Sean said it, and it was, and I've never forgotten it because it's so true. 
he will see that homeless person. He says, no, that's, that's me. That, that's exactly who I am and, and how I embody myself within me. Because that person, that homeless person who's yapping, they're going through the thoughts, but they're just verbalizing it. They're saying it. So whatever's going on in here, they say it. And we do the same stuff. We just don't say it because yeah. if you walk around like, and I even did it one time. Like I was like, well, let me just see how this goes. So whatever thought I had, I just said it. I just said the thoughts, and I heard it. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. This is yeah. dumb. Like, why am I telling myself this? Like, why do I think something bad is gonna happen? Like right now, when you were gonna give me the mic, I started like feeling nervous. I'm like, why am I nervous? It's so dumb. Yeah. Like, and then I just started asking, you know, like myself, who's saying that? And it's insane how that insanity is inside of us just really shaking us up. And I want you to be, all of you, to be aware that along this journey that you're taking, there are going to be people jealous of your journey. They're going to pretend that they're with you. They're going to pretend that they're doing the side of prayer. They're going to pretend they're working on themselves. But they're in it for something else. They're in it to promote their job, their business or whatever. They're in it for another reason. And when they get what they think they want it, they're going to try to leave it and they're going to try to bring you with them. Do not follow them. That's still the demons that made a home in them. And the demon does not, it dwells in people. It dwells in human bodies and it does not want to depart. And you, I love when you say challenge it. You got to challenge it. You got to stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. No matter how the pain, overwhelming pain, you stay with it. I remember I was doing a radio show up in Oregon at one time, and it was so bad. Because I didn't know what I know now about the ego, right? And the pain was so great, I would leave that job. I'm like, I ain't never come back here. I hate this job. Like Mimi, I ain't never going. And I would get home, and I would be so in pain, I couldn't even eat. I would just fall out on the couch. And then I would say, you know what, God, I don't understand this, but you let it happen, so whatever. But I had not, I did not understand it was ego death. I just knew I had all these overwhelming thoughts and pain. And I couldn't talk to anybody about it because everybody else was hooked, addicted. And so I had to go through it alone. And I'm so glad I did now. Even though I didn't even know what I was going through. And so I know overwhelming pain. You ever had the kind of pain, all you do is get off work and lay up on the couch? <laughs> you don't want to eat, you don't want to sleep, you don't want to talk, you don't want nothing. And you're hoping the, day, the next day never came. But it did. Anyway, duh. did I see your hand first? Okay, go ahead. About what do you do when you're so stressed you can't pray? Or did you have for something else? No, for a little both. There's something else I wanted to say, too. But for that, I did. This week uh, at my job, my boss's boss contacted me. I need to have a meeting with you in 30 minutes. And I'm like, what is my boss's boss? And right away, the damn thing, uh-oh, you fired. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. Uh-oh, you fired. And right away, you're like, boss. oh, God. You start acting like you fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I think real quick, I went through every thought and yeah. emotion in I ever been through. And so I've, I felt like I was so overwhelmed that I, but I knew I needed to go sit down and relax for a moment. So, so I'm sitting there shaking, like, what, what, what happened? When does your boss's boss need to talk to you? 
<laughs> so, um, it, but I, I could, I did it for maybe, maybe a minute. And then I had the meeting and it was, I, I felt so calm. I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. But, and it was, it's very, it's interesting. It's just like, you're right. People are jealous. Somebody told my boss's boss's boss that I wasn't doing something and they had to, they had to understand what was going on. So it worked out perfect, but it was just like a maze of, it was, it was a mess. Yeah. It, Everybody going, go ahead. I was going to say to Mimi, um, one thing I learned is that when you think you got it, you ain't got it. Yeah. So I don't know if I'd be, it's like a little kid, hurry to grow up. Just, just be a kid. And there's nothing to think that you got. To think you got something is deception. What is it that you got? And then the, the moment you think you got it, he's going to overwhelm you with something else to bring you down. And you're like, well, I thought I had it. In, in, in wisdom, in understanding, there's no thinking. Zero thinking. You only think about practical things. Go to work. Oh, what am I going to have for dinner? Or this or that. But you don't think about with, uh, spiritual things. And you are a spirit. There's nothing to think about. And even with practical things, God calls you to think about what you want about those things. We're not even in control of that. We're in, even to move your hand up and down. You ain't in control. I'm, it's not me that making my hand go up and down. We absolutely have no control over anything. That's why people that control try to control others. If my husband don't do what I want, I'm out of here. If my husband don't do what I want, I'm taking his children. And I don't care if I'm destroying the children, as long as I destroy him. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Try to control. Let go. Finally let go. Do you want to see your hand? No, right here. You ever have, uh, during your uh, spiritual journey, have you ever had these moments where it's, it's almost like a light bulb comes on and God gives you an understanding about something and you almost feel dumb when you think about how long you might have been struggling with it or whatever, but it just comes on so clear and it's like a revelation that you get. Have you ever had that yes. happen to you? And a you lot. almost feel like silly that she was believing a lie or something that wasn't true. And also, too, another thing is it, I, I see that it can happen in an instant. Immediately, you can change the way you think about something. It doesn't have to be a long journey or a long struggle. You know how the white people say it's a, uh, it's a process. Right. <laughs> it don't have to be like that. It doesn't. It's a happening it can happen. It can eye. happen in a second if you just drop the yep. thought of it. Absolutely. I'll be driving down the road sometime and I realize something. And when I say I, I don't mean I make myself realize, but I realize something. I'll be like, wow, I didn't know that. I just didn't know. I just didn't know. Just like all of us waking up now, we didn't know how crazy those things were we did. We didn't know that we were not in control. We didn't know it wasn't us. We didn't know we couldn't make anything work. We just don't know. That's why you must die from the ego. Intellect is evil, and the intellect hate God. That makes sense? Yes. When you think about how do you deal with it, when you're so stressed, 
You can't do the prayer. Um, I haven't had that experience lately, but in the beginning, I sat in it. I just sat there, and I'm like, I'm just going to do it no matter what. Because I was, I was really, I've been on a journey to find God, and I didn't, like you just said, I didn't know nothing. Yeah. I knew nothing. Yes so no. I was thirsty. I was like, what, whatever, whatever I could do, I tried everything else. I was thirsty for it and to find out, and it did. I was in silent prayer, and in an instant, I seen God revealed to me that these thoughts that I was having wasn't me, and I was able to be, and I looked at it, and I was, it's amazing. You have to experience, you have to see for yourself. Yes. You have to see for yourself. And when you see for yourself, you are like, what the, how, how did I what live the? like that? <laughs> you yeah. got to sit in it. Yeah. I was, uh, you got to sit in to the person that sent me that note this morning. When you feel stress, it's not even you that's stressed. This thing inside of you is stressed and it's overreacting. It's talking to you. It's feeling that way, but it's not you. So sit in it. Go through it. It's like being on a boat and the storm come and the water shaking and you're like, oh, Lord, what's going to happen? And you just sit there in the boat and let whatever happen, happen. Just sit in it. Sit in it. Amazing. I, um, I want to get to the biblical question, but first, y'all laid in the brown coat. Did you forgive your mother? It was a long journey, but yes. You went to her? My mother, um, she passed away uh, at a very early age when I was 11 years old. Oh, okay. And so did you forgive her after she expired mm -hmm. or beforehand? After. Oh, okay. And how did, how did you forgive her? Um... I definitely prayed first, <laughs> asking God to um, help me with the feelings of anger and frustration I had with her for, for how she parented um, You guys have the same mother? Yes, we do. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. um, but being the eldest, I had a different responsibility, and I tried really hard to sometimes protect my siblings from... Some of the harshness. My mother was very much a tiger mother, um, and I and I understood why. But it was a journey for me to accept that some of her parenting was based on how she was parented, um, and I did have to let go. I had to understand that that anger was causing me to project things on other people yeah. that just wasn't okay because of my anger towards her. And once I was like, you know, it's, it's, what's the point of holding this on? She's not here. I can't keep holding this baggage for the rest of my life. And I love her. And I know that um, it was time to let it go. And uh, so do you have anger now? Towards her? No, period. Um, I have anger at times, yes. And have you talked to Mimi about your anger? <laughs> no, I have not. And why not? Um, uh, I'll first say time. In particular, our schedules are sometimes off. Um, and we both are going through our own personal journeys. Um, 
that sometimes it's been hard to intersect. Um, yeah. And why haven't Mimi talked to you now that she understand about anger? That's a good question. I don't know. Did you know she understood about anger, how it works and what to do to overcome it? I think I've seen morsels of it come through um, since she's been coming here. Right. But uh, we haven't had a direct conversation about her understanding around it. And, and why not? From my perspective, it's mostly about the time. Oh, uh, why haven't you talked to your sister about what you know already, Mimi? I don't want to answer that. You don't want to answer it? Mm -mm. You don't like her? No, I love my sister. It's you just, love your sister? I do. And why do you say you love her? Um, because I think she's a good person. Uh, no such thing. N number two? This is true. Um, I don't know, because she's my Ooh, sister. Because like, she's my sister. But, she's my sister. But you don't love her. Okay. No, I'm asking, why do you think you love her? I don't know how to answer that. If you love her, why haven't you told her she needed to drop her anger? Well, because the truth is that just as controlling as I think I am, I think my sister is much, much more, if not a thousand percent more. Where's the body got? And uh, this is why I asked you not to ask me the question. I didn't want to say. Yeah. You um, think she's as, more as much or more controlling as you absolutely. are? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And why do you think that? Because I think that she has taken on a lot of ways like my mom. And when I think about some of the things that my mom is like, I think unintentionally, I think of her. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you think hearing that? I mean, it's hard. It's very hard to hear. Um, and like my sister was saying earlier, it's very subconscious. Like I can't, it's not, it's not, I don't see it as it's happening. Right. Yeah. And so it's hard to hear it right now. Mm -hmm. And why is it hard to hear it? Is it true? The emotional reaction I'm having is making me think, even though I'm not supposed to be having thoughts, um, that there's truth to it, or else I wouldn't be having this yes. response. Absolutely. And so are you thinking like, this bitch? <laughs> no, I would never call my sister that. She is thinking that. No, she <laughs> like, yeah. She's definitely thinking You looked at her like this when she said that. You looked at her like this. Bitch. Well, I just didn't know how much of our family, you know, drama was going to come out today. <laughs> this is, a, again, a reason why I didn't want you to answer the question, because I know how my family handles things. Yeah. And uh, look, I, I get it. That's the order of things. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's how we've been doing it. That's how we do it. You know, we definitely don't. We definitely don't talk about stuff like this. I understand. And the reason I ask that, I talk to a lot of family. They don't talk about the truth. They talk about mess, but they never talk about the truth as to how to overcome the mess and what it's all about. Now that you know you are a mess. You <laughs> oh, your... I did not say that, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> well, you were complicit, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, ooh. 
Jesse. So, uh, what are you thinking about her reaction to what you said, Mimi? Um, I'm. It's interestingly a lot more calm than I thought it would be. Yes. I mean, I'm sitting here crying. I'm like, you know, the more emotional person. Um, I wasn't expecting that response. I wasn't even expecting any of this to go this way. Right. Like I said, I called Hake and was like, um, excuse me, I have a question. <laughs> should I invite somebody that I know, you know, so I, I went into this whole, should I just, and I was going to really tell her like, oh, you know what, church, I'm just going to, you know, maybe not a good day. Maybe we should just hang out. You know, I definitely wasn't going to have her come here. It was meant to be, and it might be exactly what you need to be. And if you let the devil talk you out and invite her, you could be stopping God from helping her. You, you don't know how people are going to act. And even if they acted out, it still would be on them. It had nothing to do with you, right? But, but don't, don't try to stop someone from coming to these meetings because you don't know how they're going to take it. You really don't know. How, and it's okay not to know. But at least give them a chance to hear the truth. They're not hearing it anywhere else. You know? Yeah. And I, and I think that it's my ego and it's very selfish because in my mind, I'm thinking of me. I'm thinking about me the yes. whole time. And I'm thinking about yeah. how, what am I going to have to deal with? <sighs> so I'm trying to protect me in every moment. Yeah. And thinking and, and lying and saying it's about her. Yes. All people do that. It's always about them and never about the other person. And All it's interesting egos. because it feels like when you start lying, you get really wordy. I'm very wordy. You know, like yeah. that conversation, I'm sure Hake was like, okay. Like I, it was a long, it was a long, com- it was a dialogue. Yeah. It was a, it was a monologue. And then he was like, uh, okay. So, um, yeah. You can tell when somebody lying, they go on and on and yep, on. That was, on that was it. On and on and on. On and on All kinds on. of details. I put in all kinds of details when I asked that question. Yes. Amazing. So how do you feel knowing you're no good? <laughs> well, I just want to I want to interject something because um, when my sister said, oh, we got to we got to go to church today a few days prior to church. And at first I responded like, oh, I don't think I'm going to make it. And then the Holy Spirit really like whispered in my ear, no, you need to go. This needs to be an opportunity for you and your sister to connect in a way that you haven't in a long time. Amazing. And so I showed up because I was like, I know that there's something I'm supposed to be getting out of this experience with my sister. So I'm grateful that that has occurred. Um, See that sister? And the saint had to, oh, don't take her to church. Go ahead. Um, But I will say, I know I'm a mess. I know I have a lot of work to do. And um, I am constantly in prayer on my messiness. And what type of prayer do you pray? How do you pray? Who do you pray? Um, I pray in a variety of ways, but um, I have worked in politics for a number of years in government. And so at one stage, I actually even had like a prayer mat in my office because I was just like, I need to get on my hands and knees and really be seeking God in some of these very complicated and sometimes nasty situations. Yeah. Are you a Muslim? No. 
that oh. I'm Christian. Uh, when you said you had a prayer closet, I, I, you know how those Muslims, they, mm -hmm. they have to stop all during the day and pray and everybody looking, they won't get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, so do you want to overcome your anger? I do. Do you believe it's possible to live a life with no ang anger and that there's never, ever, 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 but never reason to be angry no matter what happens to you or anyone else? Yes, I can. I could definitely see that. You got you. You got to not judge yourself, your mother, your father, or anyone. Have you forgiven your father? That was an even longer journey, but yes, I have. Is he still yes. living? Yes, he is. You told him. Yes, I have. You went to your father and said what? We um, have had a series of very complicated um, conversations. It was over time, but I told him that. I forgive you for all of the things that he either didn't know how to do or didn't want to do as a father. Right. And gave and I wanted to hear his perspective right on, on on how he saw things and I learned a lot from him as he then responded to my my statement of forgiveness. What gave you the right to be angry at him? Um, I was very young. We were very young when our mother died. And, uh, at the time, I didn't understand my father's heartbreak of losing my mother, um, becoming a almost decade-long grieving process. And so I knew I had my younger siblings to think about, and I was trying to, like, figure out my dad, like, how to support my dad. And it became very difficult. And yeah. I, I that, that difficultness is what spurred my anger at such a young age. Well, you know how you can't help yourself but be angry and overreact to a situation? It's like something is in your mind and your body making you do it. It's not you. That's the same thing with your parents, your father and your mother, and you. It's not you. And when you can realize that deeply, like something else is controlling me here, you got to understand that about your parents. And then you, the, the forgiveness is, I'm sorry for resenting you. I realize now you couldn't help yourself. Because I see I can't help myself, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing yourself causes you to understand others. Mm -hmm. And when you can see, I'm out of control here. I don't want to do these things. I don't want to be this way. Then you understand them. Then you will forgive them. And God will forgive you. Never ask a human being for forgiveness. Human beings don't forgive. But when you admit you're wrong for being angry, for judging, playing God... God will forgive you for playing God, and he'll make you free. He'll take the spirit of anger away from you. But you got to see that you're, it's in you, and it came from them, mm -hmm. especially from your mother. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, know that people cannot help themselves. Mm -hmm. You would never judge another person. You'll speak up, but you would never get angry at them because you would see that they cannot help themselves. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. You got to do it. And then 
You know, you know the, the kind of prayer you're doing now? Mm-hmm. It's a waste of time. <clears throat> if you know that you're still angry, it hasn't taken that away at all. You still have fear. Have you noticed that? In a fear, you have fear, afraid of things. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. So your prayers are not being answered. Have you ever wondered why? Here you are, this prayer closet at work. You're all down on your knees. <laughs> Bend the Lord, 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 please, please, please. The way I used to be women. Baby, baby, please. Right? Mm-hmm. You bend, and it ain't working. Have you ever wondered why it's not working? Mm-hmm. And, and, and what answer did you come up with? Sometimes I wonder about the intentionality of my prayer and um, all of the other, um, like the consistency of it. Yeah. And maybe not being as frequent. All of your life you've been praying to the devil. Hmm. That's why nothing has changed. You still the mean old person that you were when Mimi was a baby. Oh my wow. Lord, have mercy. I, I, did, I didn't say that, Jesse did. <laughs> you see the same old mean, evil woman. And you pray to God, but he won't change it. You notice that? But yeah, you think the more I pray, I'm not praying good intentionality. That's the devil telling you that. He's lying to you. You need to pray longer. You need to pray harder. You need to pray more. You need to get your intentionality ready. <laughs> That's the devil talking to you, setting you up, pretending to be God. Here's what I recommend. Continue to pray to the devil until you see it's a waste of time, right? I want you to do the silent prayer where you sit still because when your mother traumatized you, you went into thoughts to try to survive and you went into your imagination. As a little girl, you were not in your imagination. Even if you used imagination, it was in the right way. But when your mother traumatized you, you went into thoughts, which is hell, looking for a way to survive. And there's nothing in thought but hell. So I want you to do the silent prayer. And this is you. These are your thoughts. You went in there to try to survive. God's going to bring you out of there. And he's going to allow you to see them. And you're going to see they're not you. They're not from God. They've always lied to you. You just believe them. They build you up to let you down. They let you down to build you up. They lie to you. And then eventually you stop believing a lie and the lies will disappear. Just be still. Let God take over. That's all you need to do. You have the real you have never done anything wrong in your whole life. You're not guilty of anything. The false guilt you get is not even real. It's all a lie. It's happening to it, not you. It's not you. You're not your thoughts. You're not your feelings. You're not your body. The real you have been saved from all. All of your sins have been wiped away. Itself of the heart is impossible to sin because Christ came and he wiped all of our sins away. And we are owned by God. But this fake you that you think is you is what the devil has been controlling. What do you think about that? I agree. So do the silent prayer, all right? Speak into the mic for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do the silent prayer and watch those thoughts. Okay. That may, anything that you disagree with about that? No. Or don't understand? Is it clear? Yes, it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Then you will be, your heart will change from anger to love. 
you can't change it. The spirit of anger will be taken away from you. And you go to at your work and everywhere, you're going to deal with everybody and everything in a perfect way. Mm. It'll be amazing. Got it. Thank you. Was Mimi a bad child to deal with? <laughs> she and my brother used to terrorize me a little bit, but I, I can see that <laughs> she would steal my clothes and my hair products. But um, <laughs> we didn't have, yeah, we 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 didn't have a lot, so I thought we were all sharing. <laughs> yeah, right. She's stealing it because y'all are sharing. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't get that memo, but <laughs> she was my sister, so I was okay with it. Nice, as long as she hung it back up properly. <laughs> Well, forgive her and you forgive her, Mimi. Got it. Is it hard to forgive her, your sister, Mimi? It shouldn't be. No, the question was, is it? (laughs) (laughs) You might well be honest here so you'll be done with it. Yes. Mm. Is it hard to forgive her? Kind of. And and why? Because like I said, I think she, she perpetuates my mom. I don't see, I, I, there's a lot of, like, just all of these expectations in my family, all these judgments. I've never, not felt, I've never not felt judged in my family, yeah. ever. Not ever. You know, oh, Marieville's this, Marieville's that, Mimi. Mimi's this, Mimi's that. You know, I've never not felt judged. And As if, like, I didn't see all the craziness that was happening in our lives, you know, and just responded in the best way that I knew how. Yeah. And I'm not a bad person and I don't have a bad heart. I have a good heart for people. At least I thought I did before I got here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you answered that before I had to respond. <laughs> um, and so it's no offense to her, but I have never not felt judged in my family. Not one day. And now that you know, do you care that they judge you? No, but it doesn't, doesn't make the pressure go away. Why? Because I can still feel the pressure. But, but so forgive them. They can't help it like you can't help yourself. They, go, they went through the same hell you went through. Right. They had the same parents. They had the same family. They're all experiencing the same hell. Yeah. And but so, I, I just feel like it became easier to say, oh, look at this person acting out, this person doing all these things when our lives were just as crazy as, as what I was doing, right. you know? And it's just, it's, it just felt like it became easier to hang things on me. But they were hanging it on each other too. You weren't the only one that the hanger belonged to. It, the way they were treating you, they were treating each other the same way where I pretended they were getting along and they were not. Evil doesn't get along with anyone. Right. It was the same. Am I right about that? Yes, yes, you are. Yeah. It was going on with everybody in the family. Nobody in the family likes each other. It's all a front. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. They all, it's the same spirit, Mimi. Everyone has it until they're born again from that old nature to the new nature. Every human being. I wish you could hear some of the stories I hear during counseling and when I'm out and about. It's crazy. But it's evil. It's the demons in our minds. Yeah. So now that you know you should forgive your sister and all your whole family, doesn't mean you got to hang out with them unless you just want to. 
but don't resent them. They can't help it. But I think, and I, I'm sure we need to be done with this, but um, <laughs> I think that I don't know how to act around. I don't know how to be then. If I am the one that is always messing up everything in my family, I don't know how to be. Why do you need to be around them? I don't know. So why even try to be around them? I don't know. Cut that out, too. And if it doesn't happen naturally, don't make it happen. Okay. You don't owe... We have no obligation to anyone. Zero. Except if you're married, husbands, you have an obligation to your wife and children to take care of them. But not spiritually. You can't make them change spiritually. But you don't have an obligation to anybody, not even your family members. Not even your parents. That's an ego trip, too, to think that you have to be around them, that you've got to be, and I have this obligation. That's a lie. It's all ego. We are responsible for ourselves and nobody else. I did this show, and they showed some guy taking off a, a shirt or something, and he had fat, breast-like things. Was, I did this show, and this, the, the host of the show showed a video of a fat guy with fat breasts. I don't know if they just came from a fat body or did you have them put on? And then they said to me, you see how, how bad the world is getting? Look, look how bad the world is going on. It's happening, right? And so I looked and I said to them, that's not the world. That's him. That's not your world. It's not my world. That's his world. That's what's going on with him and I can care less about it. That's his own private hell. That's his hell. And don't be getting into somebody else's hell. It's enough dealing with your own hell, your own world. You are your world. Don't take on other people's world. That makes sense? If somebody want to walk around acting crazy, looking crazy, doing bad things on TV, let them do it. That's them. Don't say, oh, Lord, the world gone crazy. The world is still, look at the earth, just a beautiful it's the evil hearts. It's the evil people in the world. That's their world. It's not your world. It's like taking on other people's problems. Some people love to take on other people's problems. They feel good about it. And they're like, love, oh, so tired of taking on other people's problems. But yes, they do it because they feel good about it. And they love complaining about it after they do it. It's all ego. Stop taking on other people. I want you to test this. The next time you're out and about and your little friends tell you about their problems, let them tell you about it and don't respond to it. Last night I went down there and Lord have mercy. My mama, she beat me up. She was yelling. She was carrying on. She, and, and then my kids acting out. And then at my job, my job's so bad I just don't like their job. It's just bad. You let them tell you and then just say, oh, okay, bye. See what happened. Don't take on their issues. You are not obligated to do that. That's all ego. But because of time, what's your first name? My real name? Yeah, your first name. Don't say your last name. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say Mimi, Sister Momo. Yes, we'll go with you, that. <laughs> so do you forgive Mimi? I do. No, you don't. 
<laughs> it's going to be a journey, but I do forgive her. But, and why is it a journey if you realize she couldn't help herself just as you could not help yourself? You both had the same parents. You're in the same situation. Why can't you realize right now that, wow, my sister couldn't help herself as I couldn't help myself, and I'm wrong for resenting her? I accept all of that, but I think, or I wonder if my sister can accept my forgiveness as forgiveness. Yeah, of course. I mean, yes. I know that there have been times that, um, especially either my brother or, my, or myself, have come at my sister pretty hard. And in my own healing journey, I have tried to show my sister that I do forgive her. And I don't know if in those moments there were other things going on because I didn't dig deeper. Um, and again, this is my messiness. Because of how she responded, I didn't necessarily think that she was accepting my forgiveness. Have you ever gone to her and said, you know what? I was wrong for the way I treated you. And I'm wrong for being angry at you. I'm sorry for being angry at you because it was me and it had nothing to do with you. Have you apologized for being angry at her, blaming her for you, instead of for judging her? Have you apologized for judging her? Not that explicitly, no. And, and why not? Um, <laughs> I don't think, this is the first time I'm hearing that she sees me like our mother. Right. Um, and I didn't recognize my judgment of her. Um, especially because there, were, there have been times when I've tried to be more nurturing and supportive of her journey, despite how I felt about where she was at or what she was doing. And I thought that that was me showing my forgiveness, my love, my support of her growth that. and development. I guarantee you, had you went to her, gone to her and said, you know what? I realize I've been judging you, and I'm wrong. I've been, because anger is judgment. Mm -hmm. And I'm wrong. I don't have a right to judge you. I'm sorry I was wrong. Things would have changed just like that. Mm -hmm. Definitely for you, if not for her at the time, mm -hmm. it would have changed for you because mm -hmm. you was admitting that you were judging her. You're playing God, even though you didn't know at the time, mm -hmm. while, you know, young and going through all that mess. But the problem is, is so when you try to be nice and all that kind of stuff, that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is when you admit you were wrong for judging her. Mm. I was wrong for being angry at you. Mm -hmm. And joining forces with all these other people against you, mm -hmm. I was wrong for judging you. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. That makes sense, Mimi? Yes. Yeah. So both of you, I hope, realize that it was never you. It was this thing that made a home in you that was passed down to your mother, through your mother, and it separated you 
by separating you from your father, because when you don't love your earthly father, you can't love God, right? It separates you from him and it separates you from one another. And it want to keep doing that. That's why it doesn't want you to admit, want you to admit I'm wrong for judging you. I've been judging, I've been playing God, and I'm no better. Your relationship will change once you do it. Really admit being wrong for playing the game. And then the next time your family, you get with the family or you get, and they try to turn you guys against each other, don't play the game with them. Mm-hmm. They say, no, you're evil. I'm not, get out of here. I'm not playing this game with you no more. You got to re- rebuke the devil outside, inside yourself and inside of others. Because the devil's not going to like that you guys are getting closer. And the family going to say, I can't believe you up there with me, man. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you forgive her? <laughs> Mimi thinks she's all that. Mm-hmm. Remember how bad she was? <laughs> and you tell, and that's the devil. Don't listen to the devil. Amen. And don't hang around with those kind of people that would tell you that about her. Mm-hmm. They're evil. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yes. Last, Mimi, last word. This year we ain't messing around. <laughs> That's right. So how you feel about this conversation now? I never had had an, any idea that this was what this was going to be today. Me either. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? That's the way it is, though. Your whole life is going to be that way if you let go. Your family members still be crazy, but you'll be sane. And if you go around them, I promise you this. You would never even think about what they're thinking about you. Right. It wouldn't even cross your mind because your world would not be of thoughts. It would be in their world. I just have one question. Yeah. Why? How do I stop crying so much? <laughs> just, just cry until it ends. Okay. Don't judge crying. Don't call it bad or good. Let it happen. Got it. Let go of everything. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. All right. So you you happy with this conversation today? I appreciate it tremendously. Yeah, you're happy. You're happy you came. Yes, I am. See, she said yes. She, see, <laughs> I didn't expect I'm that so at happy all. Happy I came. Yes. I tried to get Hake to tell me not to <laughs> tell her not to yeah. come. That was the devil trying to stop her from being free. <laughs> really, mm-hmm. the devil doesn't want her to know these things. He doesn't want her to know that it's him that controlled her that was passed down to her mother. We should judge the mother as a kid. So he was the one trying to get you not to invite her. I'm glad you didn't listen. And thank you. You called a man and he told you the right advice. (laughs) (laughs) No, I hate report. (laughs) Yep. So anything that we have said that you disagree with or don't understand? Anything? No. No. All right. Mm. Amazing. We do the prayer. Let me know how it goes. Okay. All right. So let me do this real fast. The biblical question. Um, what ties you to your parents? What ties you to your parents? Let's go here in the black shirt and here. What ties me to my parents? Uh, uh, I'm named after my dad, so there's that. And I think just kind of what they've taught me, essentially. Like, my dad was a preacher, so I was a preacher's kid. Mom, man, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's all good. I'm alive. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> um, no, I'm playing. 
I don't know. I have sisters and family, but just kind of the values they taught me, essentially. But okay. I don't know. Now, I, me and my mom, we don't, we, we kick it, but an hour or two every two months it's enough. I can't do That's more. more than enough. Yeah, I can't, I can't do more than that. Yeah. My dad's gone, and then the rest of my family, I just don't really rock with them. It's like... Can you understand this, they're going through the same thing in their family oh, yeah. that you're going through in your yeah. family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've never <laughs> spoken to him before that I'm aware of. It's the same yes. situation. My family, May May family, Joe, he and Lee, everybody family. Yeah. It's the same thing. Your family not the only one. White family, black family, Chinese family, Asian family, Japanese, ooh, everybody family. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't know. Else? Right here, he had his hand. What ties you to your family? Guilt. 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 That's because a good one. they made me feel like, hey, I did all this for you. Now you have to give me something back. Financial support, bringing my kids over to see, so they can see their grandkids. Wow. So guilt. I, that's what they try to push on me. But I had, a, I had a recent conversation with my mom. I called her. I was out of town. And I called her just because I actually wanted to just say hi. I didn't feel anything behind it. Usually I used to call her out of guilt. But this time, actually, I just wanted to say hi. And then she started telling me, like, oh, you need to put your kids in regular school because they're, they're homeschooled. She started telling me, well, you need to put them in regular school and put them put in them Catholic in school. And I'm like, dude, it's not the 1960s anymore. Like, it's a whole new world. Like, it's but anyway, before and I, I told her, like, look, these are my kids. I'm going to do what I want to do with them. Nice. I respect your opinion. I'll take consideration. No, you should. You don't respect somebody to tell you put your children in hell. Well, I mean, I guess I, I respect it because that's, that's how say, she feels. You can say, me, devil. <laughs> You got a point. You got a point. All right, but I understand. But but I, I just said that in a sense, and I felt, and it was interesting because usually I, I've been watching myself what I feel, and I actually felt nothing. I felt like, you know, I heard her, and I watched her, and I said, okay, well, I'm going to do whatever I want to do with my kids. Like, thank you, but whatever. Right on. And I let it go. Nice. What ties you to your family? And by the way, that food that y'all sent us last week, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh It was so good. Good. Um, we forgot to tell Doug about it. He didn't have anything? And, I'm sorry, Doug. <laughs> and Doug was literally ticked. I bet. Because it was good. what happened when I asked the staff, there were three more left. What, what are they called? Tacos? No, what? Tacos. No. Were they taco? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. tacos. They were, they were hard chill tacos. Because you said or a beef and potato and with a potato inside. And so I, three left in the bag by the time I got here. A bag full. Two bags, <laughs> I think. But no. And so I asked everybody, did everybody have some? I asked all the employees. And everybody said, yeah, everybody has some. And I asked Joel, did Dell have some? And Joel said, yeah, he ate some. <laughs> <laughs> Joel ate them, huh? <laughs> 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 and so, and so I, I made mine up and I ate them. And I said, "Oh, duh, those things were good. Those tacos were delicious, huh?" He's like, "What tacos?" Oh. I was like, "The one that the family sent us. They're in the refrigerator." <laughs> he said, "What? Well, no one told me about it." I'm like, "What? No one told you about it?" He's like, "No, no one ever. No, they don't like me." <laughs> He was like, literally, they don't like me. They didn't even tell me about it. 
I'm like, you don't. They said they did. I asked. And then I went back and said, I thought you guys toned up. And guess what Joel said? I thought he said he ate some. <laughs> I'm like, how are you going to think someone said that he ate some? He acted like he knew Doug said he ate some. I thought he said it. Poor Doug. Sorry, Doug. They liked you, though, Doug, I think. Doug was like, they never tell me about any food or anything. But anyway, they were delicious. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, what ties you to your family? I thought about this all week, and I wanted to blame it on the kids, but then I, I can't because I, if I don't want to take them, I don't take them. Um, and then I thought maybe it was the way I was brought up, and I feel like, and really I think that's what it is. Like my dad taught me certain things, and having a session with you earlier, like this month, I, it sucks because I feel like a lot of what I learned was a lie, obviously. And we Everything always we learned about, was right, a lie. And it just, that sucks. But I feel like my upbringing was what ties me to my parents. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. One thing I want to say, parents cannot teach you values. They can teach you fake values. But the, the principles and value of, of God is already in us. You can't teach someone that. The parents are supposed to be that example by being a limited example of perfect love, and treat each other the way you're supposed to, and the kids would see it, and what's already in you would develop. But instead, they bring out, they give you their hell, and that's what comes out of you. You can't teach anyone value. We don't even know what they are until we live them and see them. That's why values are not working. Look what the church teaches stuff all the time, right? Love your neighbor, ask yourself, love one another. Nobody love each other. It's the same thing. Parents can't teach you that. What, um, what ties you to your parents in the white hat? <laughs> My mother's spirit. I thought about it all week, too, and I was trying not to be in the thoughts about it, right. but I really couldn't think of anything you until think of now. I was like, it makes sense. My mother's spirit. Your mother's spirit. Okay. Yes, Raymond. Raymond had his hat. I'll tell you what ties me to my par uh, parents. My cowardice. Well, okay. The guy with the new bike. <laughs> what ties you to your parents? It ties me to my parents. Um... Our difficult upbringing uh, for the three boys. Okay. Amazing. Um, Nick, what tie you to your parents? Um, well, I was thinking about it and I couldn't really, I felt like nothing. It felt like nothing ties me to my, my, uh, my family, my mom. It doesn't really, it feels like that because like for as long as I, I'm telling you, I was a, uh, like on my own pretty young I was on my own like 15 16 and any and it's always like a like it's always a should I call it a struggle for them not me they're trying to call me they're trying to get in contact but I'm like living my life and I've always I've been like that for a long time well, okay. so I really couldn't say anything thinking about it a little bit though um like I I probably got something in there <laughs> from the family <laughs> like emotion and um, 
sounded better in my head. Oh. Whatever. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, what ties you to your parents? Uh, with my mother, it would be our uh, rich conversations that sh we would have. Rich? Well, yeah, we would talk Ooh. about everything from culture to politics, and we would debate. And uh, you know, she was a conversationalist, so that's what I would say for her. And for my dad, I would say humor. We love to laugh, and we do that together all Amazing. the time. So, yeah. What ties you to your parents? Um, and then I guess wanting to be close to my dad. My Wanted. mom is kind of like, she's just there. She, it's a package deal, so. But mostly just, <laughs> just wanting, to be, <laughs> wanting to be close to my dad, really. I know your mother, glad to hear that. I know. <laughs> Amazing. Um, did you know that everybody hate their mothers in the world? Momo? Every human being hate their mother. I did not know that yeah. until today. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. The basketball players hate their mother. That's why they buy her a house first. <laughs> <laughs> not because they love her. Amazing. Yes, sir. What ties you to your parents? Well, for me, what ties me to my parents is resentment. Because every time I begin to resent them or resent anyone, I go into the state where I become just like how my mom was when I was young. Amazing. So, the hatred of my heart. Oh, amazing. The young man behind you, what ties you to your parents? Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, I was thinking about it for a second. I think it's just anger. It was anger and financial dependence. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Francisco, what ties you to your parents? All my memories, the good and bad things they did, the things that made me crazy, and, and you know, I guess eventual hatred and... Okay. That. Amazing. Right here. What ties you to your parents? <clears throat> I guess when we were talking about earlier this computer, um, there's still some coding left from my parents. Um, so I guess um, even though I've been putting in a lot of work of reprogra reprogramming myself, there's still like coding left from my parents. Um, but they live in Sweden and I live here, so I don't see them. I haven't seen them in a long time. Really? So nice. Not uh, that much, I would say. Uh, uh, you still the, the guys still try to get you? <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> yeah, he, he tried recently. Yes. He still try it. Mm -hmm. And, and what did you say to him? I was like, after everything that we've been through, you still think this is, you know, a good <laughs> way to do it? I was just very surprised. Um, yeah. So what is it like being blonde and blue-eyed and skinny and tall and all the guys want you? I don't, I don't that's not how, I'm surprised often if I see that yeah, someone right. is flirting. <laughs> I get so, I get really I shy. I've seen all those movies with white people, women at the <laughs> beach and all that. <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, the thing is more that I, I work a lot with creating costumes for theater, and sometimes I also wear these costumes, and often I get like, compliments of you know, how it looks, and recently someone told me, it feels like you're not even bothered because you hear it so often, and it's more that, you know, it's like what you said, it's just killing the thrill because it's, it's not about me, right. and 
for me, it's just to have that peace is just to be unbothered because I also know that one, it might not be true. Two, they say it for their ego because they want me to be like, oh, he's so nice or she's so nice. It's a, say nice things. So yeah. um, it, I really enjoy being unbothered by it. And when I do feel a little tickle, I know that it's ego and it's going to have a hard kill. Yeah. But, yeah. When they compliment you and carry on, and the only thing they're thinking about is sex. That's all they think. They don't think, wow. And they lie. I want to understand your brains or something like that, they say. <laughs> I want to be able to communicate with the woman. They're lying. Yeah. All they're thinking is sex. And women think about sex, too. And it's not only men, right? Right. And more so today than before, because women are not as into sex as men. They'll do it because they're sex dealers. So they'll do it just to control the man, but they're rather a simple hug is enough for her. I know women that want sex more I than the man. I know because they're sluts. <laughs> <laughs> they're a whole bunch of sluts. You should see them at the gym. They have these big ball balloon things. What do you call them? Yoga balls. Yoga ball butt. Can you imagine spending money on a yoga ball butt? You've got to be crazy. Ladies, don't do that. It's so many at the gym, you can't hardly get by. <laughs> well, anyway. But, so you just don't fall for the thrill. If you date them, don't think, oh, this guy loves me. And I love him. Don't let those pass. And whatever would be will happen naturally. Just don't fall for the thrill. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. What? <laughs> it was fine we went from my parents to my dating life. Uh, <laughs> I just wonder what it was like. Get into the juice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> One last, oh, and then, Joel, what ties you to your parents? Uh, the guilt, the obligations. I'm young, so the, sel like, the selfish needs I get from them, the things, the oh, financial okay. support. How about you, Joel? The one that ate a bottle of food from Doug by lying and so said that he had some. Really uh, I don't know that I have any attachment to my parents as far as like what maybe keeps me calling or going back. Um, but I guess if like in a in, internal way, my mom raised me really nice. She was just really nice all the time. And like a yes, she was like a yes person. She said yes to everything. She rarely told, my sister she would tell no, but like me and my little brother, she would say yes to everything. So that kind of developed like a niceness within. What a setup. Right. So I think maybe that, um, yeah, I guess that would be, yeah, that would be it. What ties you to your parents? I thought about this all week, too, and I couldn't come up with anything. So I think other than genetics and maybe a thought, nothing, nothing ties me to my parents. I almost changed this question because the young lady that was sitting there last Sunday, I asked her, what ties you to your parents? And she said, I don't know. The only thing I can think of are thoughts. And she's absolutely right. The only thing that ties you to your parents are thoughts. Really, that's all there. And you can test it. When thoughts come about your parents, let them pass. And you'll see. That's the only thing. Only thoughts. 
when my grandpa raised me when they when I left at 18, I thought about them, but I didn't have to talk to them every day, every other week, every month. It was like a year or two before I would talk to them because I didn't have that tied to them that way. And they didn't raise us to be that way, right? They didn't, my grandmother like treated me really well growing up, but they weren't expecting me to call every day or they had to call me. They never even checked on me. I could be dead. But they raised us so that we have total independence. My grandmother didn't even want to move to Indiana to live with her, her kids until they promised her she'd become like 80, 90 years old. I and she was so old, she was down there by herself in Alabama. And they said, well, come live with us. No, I don't want to stay with y'all. <laughs> but you're in Alabama by yourself now. Everybody gone. I don't care. I don't want to stay with y'all. And the only way they finally convinced her to move to Indiana, they had to get one. You know how you have those uh, retirement homes for older people? They had to promise her that she would stay in one of those places. She would have her own room, her own place. That's the only way she would go and live with them. That's the only way. We need to get back to that. This other stuff ain't working. It's a setup. So here's what I recommend. Overcome all thoughts. You want a no thinking life. Don't think about if she loved me, if I love him, does this and does that. You don't make me feel good. You don't listen to my problems and you know this. That's not love. That's ego. That's hell. So do the silent prayer. Watch the thoughts and just let them pass. And no matter how, as we talked about earlier, no matter how rough it gets, it just feels like you want to die. That is the death of the ego. It's not you dying. We don't die. The ego dies, but not us. Once to die, once to live, right? Or once to live, once to die. So let it die, let it die. Let people degrade you. Let them talk about you. Let them whatever. And if you feel anything about it, you need to feel something about it so you can die from it. Then you can live in the world and not be of it. Stop listening to other people, taking on other people's problems. Don't give them an answer. Let them suffer. All right? You got to work on you. You're responsible for you. You're not obligated to anyone else. You're obligated for your own life. All right? So do the silent prayer. Forgive your mothers. Forgive your fathers. Forget about all these isms. It doesn't exist. It's either good or bad, right or wrong. All right? One last question, Mimi, it just occurred to me. Maybe I asked Momo. You went down to Alabama and you saw all this mess about black history, right? Mm-hmm. Which you think was worse, slavery or the way you and your sister treated each other growing up? <laughs> um, because of my experience of it, definitely my sister and I. It's the same thing. It's not slavery, it's that. That's what's going on in the family. The hell is in the family, it ain't out there. It's out there, but it's inside of others. And that's what all black people need to be looking at instead of blaming the white man. It starts at home, they hate their mothers. They must be born again. And that mama, the more nice, you know how she try to act nice and holy? She's hell to pay. So tell your little black friends to forgive their mothers. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll do <laughs> alright 
Okay, we're out of time. Thank you for your support. See you next Sunday. I had a biblical question. Are we still going to use the same one, James? Yeah. And what is it? Uh, are you afraid you're not going to make it? <laughs> that was the biblical question, Mimi. <laughs> are you afraid that you're not going to make it? That's the biblical question for this week. So, uh, number one, men's form this Thursday. This is the first Thursday, right? Men's form this Thursday at 7 p.m. Come on down. Ladies, it's the third Thursday for ladies only at 7 p.m., all right? Thank you for your support. You got to work on you. It's amazing to overcome hell. Just let go, and the spirit of the Father will do the rest. But you got to stop playing God. Thank you all. I appreciate it. Thank you all for coming. Nice. Amazing. So Nick is coming with the basket. Ain't nothing free, even the truth. And and, you're, and uh, hate have the credit card. Let me just welcome the first time. Welcome. Was this helpful? Yes. In, in what way? 